Welcome back to episode 8 of the Art of Dating podcast. Today we have a guest with us. Her name is Jessica. Jessica, introduce yourself. Hi guys, I'm Jessica. I am from Pennsylvania and I moved out to Utah to go to school and I'm studying Spanish and music education. That's awesome. A double major. It's pretty crazy, but super fun. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. And then tell us your special circumstance you're in right oh, now. Oh, right, right. That's kind of important. So I was serving as a missionary in Argentina um, from the end of 2019 to April of 2020 when COVID became a thing and we were all sent home. And they gave us two options to either be reassigned immediately to a mission in the States or to wait a year and have the chance to go back to our missions. So I decided to wait a year and I actually have still been reassigned because Argentina hasn't quite opened up yet. Um, but I'm going to be going in two weeks from tomorrow to Salt Lake City West. That's so <laughs> gonna make cool. The, how are you going to get there, Jessica? Oh, well, they actually, the missionary department thought I still lived in Pennsylvania. And so they sent me an itinerary with a plane ticket. And I was like, hi, so I'm not going to need this because I live in Linden. So <laughs> my grandparents can just drive me to the mission office. I'll ride my okay. bike to my mission. <laughs> right. <but> thanks. <laughs> I'll just walk on down there. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Welcome. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Glad and you have a boyfriend. Here. I do. And okay. he also the... did the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah. So he came home from Mexico and has been at BYU for the year and is going back in July to Mexico. Oh, that's good. Okay, because I was saying, wow, you're going to leave your boyfriend. I was going to talk you out of going back and just getting married, but that's good. So he's going back to Mexico. Yep. Oh, well, that's fun. Yeah, it works out pretty well. Nice. Excellent. Well, we're so glad you joined us today. Just because it has a fabulous voice. You might have seen her. She's she's currently been a YouTube sensation. She just uh, was on a, a solo star program last no night that, that uh, I watched. I also conducted the music. Yep. But she was our concluding soloist, and it was awesome. So, well, thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. My mom said she cried, by the way. Uh-huh. Very nice. Fun. Uh, so let's jump into it today. Is that okay? We, yeah. Uh, we've had some fun with episode seven, particularly talking about you know, we kind of did that whole being dateable, right? And then talked about, uh, you know, kind of getting into a relationship and, and what that takes in terms of, uh, you know, there's got to be the friendship development, there's got to be the physical, right, attraction, and then the commitment. And then last time we talked about it's your goal to find someone, right? Not only your goal, but it's your, I don't know, duty. It's your right as well, right? Mm-hmm. You have the Definitely. the right and responsibility. I'm not sure what word I'm looking for here, but put all those together. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're looking for, that, that you get to choose who you're going to date and who you're going to marry. And that's nice because when you look back, then you go, well, this was my choice. And so just, just love that quote. I, we probably said it 10 times during episode seven about President Monson, find someone, right? Um, and, and just to, maybe let's pick it up right there and talk about, okay, so I'm trying to find someone. I'm getting out there, proximity, right? I've got myself out of my basement. I'm out of my apartment. I, you know, I'm away from, I'm with people that have similar ideas and things, you know. Um, and so this is a frequently, frequent question I get is, oh, okay, Brother Agate or Ryan. Everyone calls me Brother Agate, right? I know <laughs> about every episode, Caleb will say that. And that's good. That's okay. I'm a brother. Uh, <laughs> They say, I know what I'm looking for, but I, I keep attracting, you know, like, uh, l- let's say that it's like fish. Okay, let's go with fishing because that's easy, right? It can go with both genders. Look, I- I'm looking for salmon, right? I know what I want. I've made my plan. I'm doing my thinking. I, I want salmon, but I keep attracting trout. I-, I totally had somebody in my office recently, and this was our whole conversation. And it was, oh, why do I just keep attracting this kind of guy? 
And, and when I, I want salmon, but it's like all the trout are swimming to me. So as I see it, you really have three options. Uh, the first one is learn to like trout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, but that's a very, I know you both laugh, but that's a very valid option, yeah, you're right? right? Where you go, gosh, this kind of guy keeps being attracted to me. You may want to say to yourself, why? Why do they, why do I keep attracting this particular type of personality? And maybe it's because I actually am that way, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and maybe that's not the case at all. Maybe you go, oh, I keep attracting this person I really don't like, right? And I know I'm not like that or, or you know, that it doesn't hold my same standards or whatever. But there's always that option to say, you know, I keep attracting this particular type. Maybe I should give that type of person a try, right? Mm-hmm. If it's, a, you know, I always attract this kind of girl. Maybe I should, maybe I really need to give that particular type of girl a try and, and go on some dates there or that particular type of guy. The second option you have is change the bait. That's the least, that's the one we want to talk about the least, right? We're like, well, maybe you should make some changes in yourself. If, uh, For example, if you're coming in saying, I really want someone very spiritual and I'm never attracting them. It's very possible, according to Doctrine and Covenants and Elder Bednard, that maybe your spirituality is not where you want it to be. Because generally, very spiritual people attract very spiritual people. People who are very into physically being physically fit attract people that are very into being physically uh, into being very physically fit. So maybe if you're saying I'm looking for someone who's very spiritual, then maybe you need to change your bait up just a little bit, right? You're just still going with the fishing. Right? <laughs> that maybe you need to make some changes or, or I wish I could attract more physically fit people. Oh, then that's where you have to focus. Or I really want to get somebody that's, you know, very social. Then that's, you know, because uh, light attracts light, right? According to the Doctrine and Covenants. Then the, the third one, and this is one I sure have said a lot lately, is maybe you need to fish in a different pond. I'm thinking of one specific friend that has visited me like five times and if she listens to this yes i'm talking to you um and i keep saying you've got to fish she keeps saying but this is the kind of guy i'm looking for and i keep saying then you've got to stop hanging out with the kind of guys that you are because you could marry any of these guys you're hanging out with and she's but i don't want i'm looking for something else and i go well then you you need to start spending your time where the particular fish is that you're looking for if you want salmon don't come to a Utah stream. You know, you've got to go somewhere, you know, make it, head out to Alaska where you can find something like that. Yeah, and that goes back to what we've said in other episodes about proximity. Because if you're not around the kind of people you're looking for, then you're never going to find them, you know? Oh, yeah. Yes. It makes me so proud. But yeah, it's working. Yes, it's working. Okay. So, so uh, I had a mother of a, of a couple of young adults that I know who said, hey, I listened to your podcast. I was at a soccer game last week. Oh, and she's like, I listened to your podcast. And and she told, she kind of laid out this whole story for me. She said, you know, I was dating. Uh, she said, I was dating. Well, not really dating, but I was kind of hanging out with this guy. And my dad came to me and said, you know, you shouldn't, this is not who you want to marry. And she said, well, I'm not marrying him. I'm just, we're just friends. And he said, you know, but friendship leads to dating. And that's proximity, right? Friendship leads to dating. And so... If if you want to be dating a particular type of girl or a particular type of guy, that's where you want to approximate yourself. You want to inject yourself into that pond, right? If you're going, I don't want trout, but I'm only putting my bait in a Utah creek, well, too bad. You know, <laughs> you're, you're getting trout. You're getting yeah. trout. And if you go, oh, I'm really looking you know, for salmon, 
or, or halibut or something, some other thing, then you maybe are going to have to get out of that stream. And this is where it's hard. This is where my friend who uh, we, we have visited so many times about this. This is where she's so comfortable at the stream, uh, you know, on the bank of the stream, sitting on that rock that she's always loved. And I, you know, and I just keep saying, I know you're comfortable there, but you'll never get married unless you start liking trout or you move. You're going to have to do one of those two because the chances of, of a salmon swimming up the stream where we are, are, are you know, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. And so I've really appreciated that whole idea of saying, okay, so if you're not attracting the kind of person that you want, you, you really have those three options. So let, let's broaden this conversation out a little bit more. Did either of you have something else to say about that? Okay. No. Good. Good, I've said it all. <laughs> Go to Alaska if you want salmon. Yes, yes. Let's just remember that. I think salmon are in Alaska, right? I've never been to Alaska. So. But I've seen pictures of uh, people there. Um, so he here's another concept. So let's say that now we are dating. You know, we've talked a lot about getting into a relationship. And we'll, we're, we're actually going to backtrack and talk more about that. And dating ideas for Utah County or wherever you are, right? <laughs> dating ideas that are across the world that would work to help you kind of check your compatibility. But but let's talk about a skill that will also help you. So Jessica, we, uh, in case you haven't kind of caught up, I don't know if we've downloaded this yet, but episode seven, we talk quite a bit about um, testing your compatibility, mm -hmm. right? And, and you and I know each other and you've heard me actually talk about that before. But testing your compatibility, well, going on dates is a great way to do that. Another way to do that is, well, and maybe this coincides with going on a date, but you need to make sure that you have good communication skills because you can go on a variety of dates and be very quiet and not know anything about each other. Absolutely. You know, there, there has to be something where you go, oh, okay, I know a lot about you. And that is going to take communication. And I actually, those who know me well know, I don't like the word communicating. I don't <laughs> like the word communication because it sounds sterile and it sounds academic and it sounds like something, somebody forced you. You know, if, if your date comes to you and says, Jessica, we need to communicate better. <laughs> like, it oh, never is a good, no. you don't go, oh, yes, I want to communicate. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? How did you know? Uh, if, if he says, Jessica, I really want to talk to you. You go, oh, that, well, that could be good or bad. Right, you know? right. It's talking. It's, it's talking about our, you know, our relationship, our lives. And so I, I really like the word talking and learning to talk and to investigate and find out and discover. I like those words even better than communicating. But when you, when you look at Matthew 19, here's a good example of that. Matthew 19, verses 5 and 6. Uh, the goal, really, in your relationship, and, you know, since, you know, you're, you're on a first date kind of basis, and you're kind of, right? I, I pointed to Kayla there. <laughs> in the last one, she says, I just went on a date this weekend. Oh, good for um, you. You know, and Jessica, you're, you're in a more, maybe a more stable relationship. You're going to go on your missions and maybe come home and retest your compatibility, right? Yeah. Because you may be gone for a year and both of you change significantly mm -hmm. and come back and, and not, not turn out to be a marriage. But, uh, but in Matthew 19, Jesus says, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, which is an archaic word for two, but one flesh. And sometimes, you know, people have interpreted that to mean physically. Mm -hmm. But, but a, a much better interpretation of this is really those two become one entity, right? Like the word Elohim really is, is two individuals becoming one God kind of thing. And where you go, so how do you do that? How do you, the two of you, 
really become, right, become one flesh. If you go back to our triangle, which hopefully all you people in podcast land, right? I assume people are listening to this. That maybe is too great an assumption. But if you go back to our triangle, that Sternberg's triangle that we kind of adopted for young LDS or single LDS people, on the left corner of that triangle is friendship development. Uh, friendship development will demand talking. It'll demand mm-hmm. communication. Absolutely, for sure. Uh, because you're learning about, so I, I've put an extra little box in here on my screen. Under friendship development in that left corner of the triangle, it says learning about each other's character. That, that It's going to take talking. You're going to have to dig in, right? You're going to have to have some communication where you go, oh, okay, so there's this guy who is a neighbor of mine. And he is the perfect example of this. I probably tell his story about every three months. He was an elder scrum president maybe 10 years ago. And one day we had an activity and, and he had a backyard pool. We were all there swimming. And, and at one point he and I were just, you know, the kids were swimming and we're now out just hanging out on the side. And, and he said, hey, we're, so where are you from? And, you know, I started, how many siblings do you have? And, oh, are they close in your age? And pretty soon, I'm not kidding, in 45 minutes, he knew everything about me. And I walked back to my house after and I thought, wow, I, I know people I've known for 10 years who don't know me as well as him. Because he really had these great investigative questions that he actually wanted to know. And I thought, I don't know one thing about him. I hadn't asked one question. And so I sat there in my house and then back in my office the next day because I was already teaching dating courtship. And I thought, why don't I ask questions like that? I guess I just don't like people. You know, I don't, I don't care about people. And then I start thinking, no, that, that's probably not it. I wouldn't have wanted to be a teacher. Um, but, but I don't know that I had really learned to care about those things about people. So I made this conscious decision that I would start asking those kinds of questions to people. And I was going to force myself to do it. And so I started, you know, I, I was teaching a choir at the time. And I thought, I'm going to have an interview with every choir kid during this year. And I've done that with you, right, yep. Jessica? Jessica sings in a choir with us. And... So I just started off with these choir kids and asking, like, where are you from? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and before this, I would immediately, like, ah, I don't really care. You know, in my head, <laughs> this is so terrible to admit, but you can edit this out, right? Truth comes out. Um, <laughs> I think somewhere I was like, I didn't really care to know where a person was from. I was just making conversation instead of learning about the person. Mm-hmm. There, that's a terrible phrase, even making conversation, right? And so I started asking, where are you from? And then tell me about your family. And then I would say, now pull up a picture of your family on your phone. I think I did that very yes, thing. Yes, you with definitely you, did. I actually remember. How many times have I heard it? This because you study outside my office. You know, I do this every That's day, very right? very true, every day. Um, so I'm still doing these interviews. And I think you were, actually, your picture was your family at a wedding, right? I think you're, well, you're all in church clothes. Is the, yeah, is I think the that picture. was like, uh, my whole family was together right before I left on my mission. Oh, maybe that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were all in church clothes. And, uh, or, or, you know, dress, dress clothing. So you're looking at that and all of a sudden I went, okay, tell me about your mom and dad. That was my next question. Yeah. How did they meet? Do they still live together? Are they still married? And, you know, finding out where the parents grew up and how they met, I suddenly went, oh, wow, I understand much more where you're coming mm-hmm. from. And pretty soon I started, you know, then the questions just started to become natural. Like, oh, let, tell me about this. Looking at the picture, I was like, Tell me about that sibling. Tell me about that sibling. Which of your siblings do you get along with the best? Which ones mm-hmm. do you fight with the you know the most? And then I found out it's really interesting to find about, out about people's junior high days. It's like their worst moments. You yeah, know? it's like 
you know, tell me about being in junior high and what, what did you like and what were your hobbies in high school? And, you know, what kind of person were you? Were you the social butterfly? Over time, after, you know, a series of doing this, I've probably interviewed, I don't know, six or 700 students mm-hmm. at this point. I have just learned to love this. You know, I always say, schedule me for 20 minutes. I'm like the world's worst dentist, you know? Like, it's going to be 20 minutes and two hours later, you're still, right. you're still in the chair. But I have really learned to love finding out about people. And it was kind of something that I learned to do. I think back on 10 years ago, how could I not have liked this? That, you know, finding out, digging into their history. You know, Kayla, when you came in one day, before I let you tell me all about your experience, you know, your dating life, I was like, wait, wait. Where are you from? Yeah, I St. remember George, that. right? Like, uh-huh. what were you into? Swimming, and then we, you know, this was before a year before this podcast idea. Yeah, this right? is when the first time when I first took your class. Yeah, the yeah. first time. The around. first go around, right? <laughs> Third time's a charm. Um, but okay, now the only reason I tell that whole story is so that people out there listening can maybe say, "Oh, could I develop this skill?" Because if you want to really develop a relationship, if you want to see if you're compatible. And if you want to really develop that friendship, it's going to take learning about each other. I think that this is um, talking, being a good conversationalist, I think that this um, is beneficial in two ways. One, you get to learn tons about the person that you're going on a date with. Um, You get to learn where they're from, their background, why they do the things that they do. But then also on the other hand, they see that they're genuinely interested in, or that you are genuinely interested in them. And it leaves a lasting impact. I remember just getting getting to know people, the people that ask me questions. I always am like, wow, they care about me. They, they want to know me more. So it, it has two benefits. You get to know someone really well, but then also they see how genuine um, and how much they actually care about you. So let me ask this question, Jessica, and then we'll we'll throw you in there. Um, how do you make it so it sounds more like I want to know about you because I find you interesting, right? I mean, every girl, and this is especially true of girls. You know, I'll hear them say, "Oh, you know, I want a guy who finds me fascinating." I'm not even sure what that means, but <laughs> uh, but you know, I want a guy who finds me fascinating. Um, and I think what they really mean is he wants to know all about me. He wants to know what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Because it really elevates your feelings of validation and self-worth. So how do you make it feel like he wants to know about me or she wants to know about me and not I'm getting interrogated on Mm -hmm. the state to see if I'm good enough? You know, they're like, mm-hmm. they're like testing the keys, you know, or they're the, they're the velociraptor testing the, you know, the fence to see where the brake is. So I think one thing that immediately comes to mind is... I think sometimes I've seen some movies actually like this where they're. And that's on a date. where we all learn our dating right, skills, obviously. right? From movies. Okay. <laughs> well, this is a bad example, but um, like they're on a date, and it was it was like you were saying, like an interview or like in, an interrogation, and it wasn't like a, just a naturally flowing conversation. It was like, oh, tell me this, and then the person gave like a one word answer, and then they moved on. And I think that is like the biggest, like, no, don't do that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because if you actually want to get to know someone. You have to take the time to, A, listen to what they say, and B, think about what that means for them, you know? Oh, yeah. And, like, as you think about that and ask them, I don't know, ask questions that delve deeper into that topic. Like, oh, you know, what do you study? Oh, I study music education. What made you want to study that? You know? And that will just, like, unlock so much 
conversation about, you know, their passions and their past, their history, what brought them to that moment. And so I think that's one of the biggest things that if you can listen well and then just really care to figure out why they answered the way that they did, then that's how you really get to know people. And that's that will grow your friendship and that will lead to a good relationship. Yeah, yeah, a, a good dating relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I did this today in class and uh, some of my peeps that are like, I'm in that class. <laughs> uh, I have been trying to make this particular lesson work for three weeks in a row. I've, well, I've tried, today was the third time I tried the same lesson. I'm like, no, uh, this is really good, you guys. And the class is getting smaller every time. Oh, no. Uh, you know, but I'm like, <laughs> finally today I came and I said, okay, I have these six questions. And I, I want to match up boys and girls, right? So you can practice talking with somebody of the opposite gender. If you came in with a boyfriend, girlfriend, just stay together because you should be talking about this anyway. And I said, I, I have these questions for you. The first one was, how many children do you want? The second one was, how are you going to educate your children? And then it was, how are you going to help? Who, who's going to make the money in your family? How are you going to spend the money in your family? Um, then it was, who's going to do things like cooking, cleaning, dishes, diapers? You know, that was a question. And I said, now you and the person you're sitting with, you're going to have this conversation. Try to figure it out, right? And so I said, the first thing you're going to say is, how many children do you want to have? But then you have to find out why they want to have that number of children. And I'm telling you, most of, you know, when you're in class and you say to the person, find out something new about the person next to you. It's always like, what's your birthday? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? Uh, who's your spirit animal? Is that what they call them, spirit animals? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, there are those kinds of questions. Well, and then, and you know, and there's like crickets in the room. It's so terrible. But today when I said, ask the person next to you that you're sitting with, that you're conversing with how many children they want to have, and then you've got to find out why they want to have that number of children. And I could not get the class back. I got paid for just standing there in the front. You know, it was it was like they were so engaged in finding out why someone wanted to have one kid or why someone wanted to have 10 kids. And then I said, now, between the two of you, you got to kind of figure out how would you mesh that? And we're not doing compromise. We're coming up with a new, based on both of our lives. And I'm telling you, it was so engaging. And at the end of the class, I'm like, see, that's what I've been trying to do this whole time. <laughs> Third so, time's the charm. Um, you know, and then we came to like, who's going to make the money in your family? What are you going to do about careers? Who's going to change the diapers? Who's going to cook and clean? And it was like, whoa, there is so much to talk about. We should extend this class for another, you know, six months because <laughs> yeah. there really is so much to, to find out about in a person that you're dating. To, to get into this friendship and begin to develop it. Mm-hmm. And the more you know about them, the more you understand why they do what they do. And the less aggravated you become. <laughs> this kid in class said, you know, I noticed that this girl I was dating, I, uh, maybe I, I don't know if I can tell stories. Like, I didn't get his permission. So some anonymous person. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but but he, he shared this experience and he said, you know, at the end of it, I asked this girl, you know, we didn't go out again, but I asked her, you know, share with me kind of your feelings about me. And he said, when she did, I explained to her some of my history that kind of made me, so I was the way that she, you know, that she, she said, well, you're one particular way. And he's like, oh, well, this happened when I was a kid. And that's kind of why I'm that way. And I'm telling you, he goes, oh, now everybody in the whole class knows. And I'm like, but you know what? Everybody totally loves you now. Not that we didn't love him before, but, but you know, he just shared with us something and he went, oh. I totally understand. I understand you better because I know your history and why you do what you do. Not that he ever did anything, you know, I mean, everything he did was very normal. But he went, oh. And so it's good to get in where you can say, I want to know 
who you are so I can understand if we're compatible and why you do what you do. The better I know you, the more I like you. Mr. Rogers used to carry a little slip of paper in his wallet. What did it say? There, you can like almost anyone once you get to know their story. It said something mm-hmm. similar to that. Mm-hmm. So just that idea of if you really want to develop that friendship, um, then these discovery kinds of questions that are very natural, the very normal, and, and it's not like you are interrogating, but you're saying, I really want to know this because I find you interesting. And I'm telling you, man, that is so that is so good for a relationship. Yeah, another thing that I think is really important is like reciprocating that interest for the other person. Because I've like you know have a lot of friends who come to me for relationship advice, um, and they like are like, oh, you know, we were having this conversation, and like I asked this question to try and keep the conversation going, and then the other person just answered it and like didn't even ask it back, or and she's <laughs> like, oh well, there goes the conversation, you know, and so it goes a long way to even just like be like, okay, what about you, you know, tell me about whatever the topic was, but in your life, how that relates to who you are as a person. Yeah. Yeah, so good. I I think, and as you develop this, let me add one more aspect to this. So it's not only good for learning about the person and learning to understand the person and see if you're compatible. So there's three things. You learn about them. You kind of learn why they do what they do, right? Which gives you much more patience and love for them. And you know if you're compatible. But also this develops into a skill of solving challenges in your relationship. When you go, I sense, you know, this happens with me and, and my and Sister Agate or Angie, whatever we call her on this. <laughs> this happens to us all the time where I go, ah, I'm, I'm sensing or she'll say, what's wrong, Ryan? You know, I know that something's wrong. with, And because there's this level of trust and we've talked, we talk like this all the time. Every morning we go on a little walk where we talk and that I feel very free to say, okay, this is really bothering me. And sometimes it's not even about our relationship. It's just a, this is really bothering me. And, and there's this, we have practiced this skill so much of talking with each other that it's really easy to solve problems. If, if one of us is saying, you know, there's this particular thing between us that we should talk about because we talk about everything. And one day I was teaching an education week in class at the BYU Provo. And I, I had as one of my slides, and I think it was my favorite thing of the night. And it said, it's easy to talk about hard things when you've talked about everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, if you don't have a relationship with your child and all of a sudden the only thing you're going to ask them is, you know, hey, you know, <laughs> uh, difficult questions like, let's, you know, let's let's talk about things you don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk about drugs or whatever, or pornography. That's very hard. But if you've talked about everything with them, then it's natural. Like, oh, we talk about everything. My dad can ask me about this or my mom can ask about that. Same is true in a marriage relationship. If you've talked about everything, then problems come up. It's just another part of everything. It's not like, oh, all we ever do is fight. Have you ever heard couples say that? Or kids say that about their parents? All they ever did was fight. It wasn't a couple that really talked about everything together. I really like it. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. And this is true. So if we're looking at that triangle, it's also true of the sexual side as well, the physical intimacy. It's not only good for, uh, for the friendship development, but it's also good for the chemistry. When you, you know, once you're married... These are things you should be talking about. And even maybe before, right? Like, hey, where are we going to draw the line in terms of, you know, what we're going to do before marriage? And, you know, what does the gospel teach us? What is the prophet, you know, what is the Savior wanting us to do? All of these things take talking. And if you don't talk about, hey, where are we going to, you know, how are we going to stay sexually pure, morally 
clean, if you don't talk about it, your chances of getting in trouble with that are, are greatly elevated. Yeah, I was actually talking to my sister about this, actually, on the car ride here, um, because she loves the podcast, by the way. Oh, fun, uh, fun. She's, like, graduating high school right now, and she was like, oh, it blew my mind. Uh, but I told her I was going to, like, come and be a guest on it, and she, like, freaked out. And so you should have brought her in here. <laughs> oh, she's in Montana, or I would. But, <laughs> um, but so we think very similarly. So I was like, hey, let's, uh, like, talk about this a little bit. And that was one of the biggest things that came up in that um, – if your standards and expectations are, you know, established, then it makes it so much easier, you know, down the road. And if you have, if you're able to have a good conversation about like your standards, which, you know, sometimes can, if you don't have that like foundation of talking about the easy things, you know, then that can be a hard conversation to have. But if you don't have that conversation, you know, there can be a lot more, you know, trouble down the line. Yeah. Yeah. And when you think, those kinds of conversations not only discover things, but they lead to things. Mm-hmm. For example, they lead to common goals. You have this conversation together and you go, oh, we, we have this common goal now because we've talked about that. As opposed to, you've got your ideas, I've got my ideas. Let's talk and see if we can take all of those ideas and come into an our idea. Mm, and cool. we spent the rest of the day in class actually today talking about that in dating and courtship was... Instead of going, you're, there's your turn and my turn and compromise, let's come together and create a whole new idea mm-hmm. that's our idea, that this is how we're going to run our family. Uh, I, I like this quote by Elder Ashton. He says, Marvin Ashton from General Conference, April 1976, if we would know true love and understanding for one another, so if you want to have true love, we must realize that communication is more than a sharing of words. It is the wise sharing of emotions, feelings, and concerns. It's the sharing of oneself totally. That's where you go, I'm going to, you know, you're going to ask me and I'm going to ask you. and We're going to share all this. Why? Because we want to have one common us. So I had, like, earlier in the semester, I was really stressed out one time. And my boyfriend came over and we were just talking about it. And I was like, I was struggling. I was like stress crying and everything. And <laughs> and I felt really bad because I was like, oh, I he like spent his whole night when he was going to be doing homework, like comforting me. And he said something to me that like was very profound. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I took up all your time tonight. And he said, well, I came over here so we could share our time. And I was like, oh. Oh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. I hope this works out after your mission. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I think that that idea is it like blew my mind because I was like, that is what a relationship is. You know, you take your time, your goals, your you know, all of the different aspects of your life, and you share them, and you make them. You know, you adapt them to create one for yeah. the two of you together. Nice. Good. Well, let's, okay, let's start to wrap it up a little bit with maybe one more idea then. So we've talked a lot about, we want to develop these friendships, right? Because that'll be a big part of your whole consummate loving relationship with your spouse. To develop that friendship is going to take learning about each other. And the more you learn, the more you create this oneness, right? And the more you begin to have common goals and common thoughts and ideas, like President Benson said uh, in the 1992 July Enzyme, back when there was an enzyme before it was Leona, <laughs> he said, a husband and wife must attain righteous unity. You cannot attain unity without talking. 
and and without the sharing, the total sharing, like Elder Ashton said, you got to share your emotions, you got to share your feelings, your, you know, you've got to share your whole self with each other. That doesn't mean, you know, download on on the person all the unhappy things, but he's saying be willing to share. A husband and wife must attain righteous unity and oneness in their goals. Now that only comes through talking, in their desires. You find those out through talking, right? And in their actions. And actions are preceded generally by communication, right? You, you think about it, you talk about it, you do it, right? So, so maybe that's a good place for us to, to put a pause on that. But hopefully, you know, as I wrap this up, I've just been sitting here thinking as I've listened to us, you know, to you talk there, Jessica, there. So what is the message of this particular episode? What is the message of it? That if you want to, you know, once you get onto a date, once you start dating, maybe the most important skill you're going to have is being able to talk, to, to communicate, because that's going to show you if you're compatible. It's going to give you understanding for that person. And, you know, you're going to learn about them. You're going to have understanding and compassion for them. You're going to see if you are compatible. And then you're going to start building some common goals. You know, by the time you're into a relationship, four or five months, three or four months, you have to be having some common goals together. Like, this is what we want. And we've talked about it. I love it when, you know, a couple will come into, a, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend come into dating and courtship and they go, we talked about this. And I go, yes, that's, that's money, right? When they go, oh, we've, we've talked about this. We were talking about this particular thing from class or after class, we talked about this. And I go, this is how you do a, a relationship. This is how you develop it. This is how you keep it growing. It's really sad to see that sometimes people get married and then they stop doing this. All of that friendship that was being built by communicating and doing things together, they'll get married and then time starts to pull them away and they stop talking. And once you stop talking, your friendship goes down. And once your friendship goes down, so does your commitment to each other and your enjoyment of the relationship. And that's true not just in friendship, but in the whole sexual side of your relationship too. There needs to be constant communication about how it's going. Is this fulfilling for you? Is it mutually satisfying for each of you? And that takes talking. And we're not good as members of Christ Church talking about the whole physical side of our, you know, it's like, I'm just not going to talk about it and assume everything's good. Uh, but that also, you know, that will create a deterioration in the physical aspect of your relationship. So that's a lot of talk about talking, right? <laughs> Maybe that could be the episode title. Let's talk about talking. Did you want to add anything, Kayla? Um, no, I think we're good. Good. Jessica, thanks for joining us. I can't wait to post this one because I think a lot of people are going to, you know, are going to listen to this and go, man, do I like finding out about people? If you're out there and you're like the old me and you're like, I don't even want to know about people. There's hope. Yeah, there's hope. Yeah, just, yeah it uh, is. Right? Just, just practice, you know, and not in a creepy way, but, but where you can say, I'm going to genuinely want to know. And like I said to our class today, I said, you know, I've asked you guys to talk before and I couldn't get you to talk. And today I gave you something to talk about. And I couldn't get you to stop talking. And so that's not a bad, you know, maybe before you go into a dating situation, you go, tonight on this date, I'm going to find out blank and blank about mm -hmm. them. You know, and, and not in a stalker kind of way, right? Not in a checklist kind of way, but I really want to know kind of their background, where they're from, and what their interests are. And I'm just going to ask follow-up questions and, and really be engaged. And you find almost always... If the person is interested in you, and they usually are if they're agreeing to go on a date with you, 
that uh, almost always they're going to want to ask those questions back. And they might not even have thought of that, right? When you say, oh, tell me about where you're from, and then you've drained them dry of all that information, <laughs> the next thing they're going to say is, Flip it on where are you from, <laughs> yep. right? Uh, yeah. Well, thanks, everyone. And uh, we're going to keep going on these kinds of things, right? We're going to continue to develop relationships. So now we've kind of gotten you into a relationship. Let's talk about really making this relationship work. We're going to get to the point then where we're going to talk about, okay, we've been going out for some time. How do I know if this someone is a right one for me, right? Mm -hmm. That's taking episode seven and episode eight together. But if this someone I've been dating is a right one for me, and if this would be a good marriage candidate, that's where we're going to go. Maybe in the next four or five episodes, we'll eventually get there and, and uh, on to that. So. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you. If you have any questions about talking, about dating, make sure to go check out our Facebook page, uh, The Art of Dating. You can ask us all the questions you have.